Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. Christmas is starting to be found in the air around here. Michael, how are you doing today? Tired. You are? Why are you so tired? <laughs> I'm tired. A lot going on, you know. We we got extra services, a lot going on. We got to get Christmas decorations out. My family was here at Thanksgiving. My wife's family's coming to Christmas. We uh, shop, 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 decorate, decorate. Oh, coach a few basketball games. Sure. Write a few yeah. sermons. Good times. Yeah. Tired. Well, we were out, you know, in Arizona over Thanksgiving, helped my daughter and son-in-law with their Christmas decorations. My wife and myself dove headlong into that, uh, got home, and, well, then we did our own home. So check two boxes. Two times. Yeah, twice as nice. How's that? Yeah. So with Christmas in the air, you know, television is now being populated with all of the Christmas specials, all of the old Christmas movies, uh, even had time. And uh, you haven't had a chance to see this one yet. A Christmas Story Christmas. I haven't seen it yet. Which is on HBO Max is really, really well done. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Uh, Gotta watch it. You know, uh, A Christmas Story is through the lenses of Ralphie the Child. A Christmas Story Christmas is through the lenses of Ralphie the Father. Uh, <laughs> so really good. And they brought back pretty much oh, wow. uh, a fairly robust amount of the original cast. So, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. A couple of uh, little uh, Easter eggs hidden in there when Ralphie's up in the attic. Uh, one I'll give you is he came across the lampshade to the leg lamp. The old man never threw it out. That's pretty good. There you good. go. That is pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, one movie that I am fairly convinced uh, anybody and everyone who listens to this little podcast probably has seen most, if not all, of uh, multiple times National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I think uh, we don't have to worry about spoilers on this one. There are no spoilers. Yeah. When the movie was released on December 1st of 1989, and you know, that actually gives you a little tip-off about this movie. This was before Thanksgiving being the Christmas movie kickoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in eighth grade. yeah. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, this You're is a little, a little ahead of me. This is a great movie, you know, with a budget of $25 million uh, and a box office. I have a $73.3 million in 1989. That's a really, it's really nice return on a Christmas yeah, good movie. Money. Uh, and directed by uh, Jeremiah Chechik, uh, but we really know this as a John Hughes movie. Written movie, right. You know, he's the writer of this movie. But, you know, Jeremiah Chech uh, Chechik uh, has done Benny and June. That's a, a way back machine with Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. uh, and he also did that other one that's come up a few times, that 1998 movie, the Avengers, which has nothing to do with the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic right. Universe. So what I found interesting was he had directed two music videos, a Van Halen video and a Hall & Oates video. Uh, which one? Which I, uh, I didn't ooh, write that down. Should I, wrote that. I love Van but Halen. and That was it. Hmm. That was the extent of his directing until that point. 
Hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. I mean, talk about taking a risk on somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it right here. Let's see. It but, was... Um, you know, as you're looking that up, it is taking a risk because at one level it is taking a risk because he didn't have a big wealth of work. Yeah. However, with this cast, it's really kind of hard to mess it up. Well, don't it, you think? It is. It is a John Hughes. You know, I think he was trying to make up for European vacation because he wrote that. That was bad. Yeah, that was not that good. Was, it was. Uh, they had to come back from that, and he did a good job. Yeah. Um, it turns out he had directed the music video for Van Halen "When's It Love." Oh, yeah. And Hollow Notes "Downtown Life." Oh, look at that. Yeah. So okay. He. Uh, they took a risk. They did they take a little one, risk, so. but you know they rolled the dice, oh, and yeah. I, man, they scored. Because I would tell you, this uh, particular movie in the Vacation franchise probably is the best known. I think so. I think Christmas helps. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't have any of them without the original. This is know, true. The family or the vacation. Yeah. National vacation was huge. Right. Um, and it, John Hughes did write the 2015 Next Generation Mm-hmm. You know, vacation, vacation which, right. which wasn't too bad. You know, we, we saw uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo kind of yeah play a little, little actually, bit role as Grandma and Grandpa. I actually enjoyed it. It yeah. was really, it was one of those little, as we could say, a sinful indulgence. Mm-hmm. We went to the theater. I laughed. I thought it was good. <laughs> I like Ed Helms. Ed Helms is hilarious. And, you so, know, you put Christina Applegate in it. I'm there. Yeah, that was know. good. Bless her. You know, there she is, by the way, dealing with... Uh, uh, MS. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw that coming out, too. You know, That's crazy. Fine. We keep her in our prayers. Uh, she's mm. really a brilliant actress. Let's let's talk about the cast of this movie, though, of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It starts uh, with the man himself. Well, it starts with the man. I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. Yeah, Clark Griswold, played by Chevy Chase. And, again, he's kind of one of our favorites. You know, Caddyshack, we've done it. Uh, Three Amigos, we've done it. Uh have oh, we done vacation? I we, think haven't. We, oh, we haven't. We haven't done vacation. But here's the thing. When you say he's one of our favorites now, yeah. Bill Murray's our favorite. Can you like them both? Wasn't that kind of where the line was drawn in SNL? We can like them both. We, we can? We can. All right. I thought I had to make a We can do that. Uh, I was going on And a movie side. I know you really like, Spies Like Us. Love it. You know, great Hilarious. Movie. Him and Aykroyd. You have a, do you have him in I, anything? I, I mean, there's lots. so much that he's uh, in. Fletch, yeah. you know, put, you can't forget oh, Fletch. Fletch is, yeah, Fletch and Fletch lives. Uh, seems like old times. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, three, oh, you mentioned that one, Modern Problems. Yeah, Modern Problems. What, what surprised sure. me is he only has 102 credits. I mean, now, in comparison, Beverly D'Angelo has oh. 100 and, what did she have? Well, she's... 160, 126, she's yeah. got more. You know. Pl- playing his wife, yeah. Ellen, is Beverly D'Angelo, and... Really, what makes her, you know, have so many credits is she's she's all over the Law and Order television franchise, mm-hmm. SVU, and the like. Uh, so she's going to have a whole lot of credits, and of course, she uh, is in the vacation. You know, all the whole thing. She never changes. Always the same wife there, which is the same actress playing his wife. Yeah, kids uh, are the only ones that change. Yeah, the kids change <laughs> in every single movie we'll it's get just to that, weird though. we'll get to that yeah. but uh but she's in this new uh christmas movie violent night i haven't seen it and i don't know i've been watching some videos on this and they keep saying oh this movie is fantastic this movie is great i just struggle with a christmas movie called violent night with a bloody santa with a yeah. kind of a gnarly looking santa i don't know now playing the kids oh well, well, before we move on from oh her, you want to move here's, here's what i found interesting she's yeah. 71 years old oh yeah 
and everybody else, the way IMDb does it now is is here are the credits and here's upcoming. Right. And everybody has one or two, right? Yeah. She has six. Yeah, no, she keeps working. She has six. I'm like, wow. Yeah. She's she's rolling. She does not stop. So and most of her stuff was pretty old. The Entourage, twenty five episodes, uh yeah. Pacific Heights. That's right. You know, American history acts. She Yeah. Nothing nothing real recent, but she's still working lots of little oh, stuff. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, yeah anyway, most certainly. Let's get to those kids. Good let's kids. Let's get to the kids. So playing Audrey and Rusty. Uh, Clark and Ellen's kids. Audrey is played by Juliette Lewis. And uh, talk about some interesting movies uh, and shows. So she was in Natural Born Killers. You know, we've so great. We we've talked about Woody yeah. Harrelson in that. You know, Cape Fear. That was one of our original uh, ones. And it's of course, kid. one that we we've had come up before. Uh, Boss Bitch Fight Challenge. <laughs> I I don't I know what the movie down. is. But I'm I'm kind of intrigued by it, and she's in the new, and I think it's on Hulu. Uh, Welcome to Chippendales. It's a television show oh, about the she's in that. kind. Yeah, she's in. She's oh, you know all grown up. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to see it. Yeah, and I don't think so I do I, either. But there, there she is. She's working today. Well, back in the day, you know, Christmas Vacation really launched her because I also had uh, along with Kate, you know, California yeah. with Brad Pitt. She was That's good right. in that. What's eating Gilbert Grape? She played mm-hmm. you know a role. Um, Strange Days. I don't know mm. if you saw that. That was really kind of a f- futuristic sci-fi that mm-hmm. you go back and watch it and you're like, do we have that technology? No, pretty close. We're, yeah. no, we're almost there. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Heights. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, that's Beverly D'Angelo. Old School. Oh. She was in Old School. That's why oh, I was reading old her She was in Old School. Love Old School. Um, and did you ever watch the movie Nerve? I don't think so. I think that's an incredible movie. It was kind of uh, uh, under the radar, I think. It was that one about uh, everybody on their phone. You either uh, accept these challenges or you watch. You're a watcher or a player. Oh, okay. And, and how they're, it, the dangers of okay. playing this game. Interesting. Incredible movie. I mean, she plays a mom. Okay. Not like she has a big role, but it's a great movie. It's one I recommend. Fascinating. Now, yeah. playing her brother, Rusty, is Johnny Galecki. And we know Johnny really from the first uh, time. Well, let's let's consider Roseanne. Oh yeah. Then on to Big Bang Theory, a television he, show. He, he ruled that show. Holy huge. cow! He was enormous. Yeah. Then he's reprising his role from Roseanne on The Connors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize he was in Vanilla Sky. Uh, you know, he was in Hancock. He's also in A Dog's Journey. And he's got a really, really nice and career. Two of the longest movie titles ever. I know what you did last summer. Oh, that's right. And a night in the life of Jimmy Reardon. Oh yeah, way way way, way back was that River Phoenix? I think that's. I think yeah, that, that was, was the, yeah, yeah so. the the late River Phoenix. The late, you know, yeah, the late River Phoenix. Uh, now playing Clark's parents, we have Clark Senior, played by John Randolph, the late John Randolph. Uh, you know you have a cool career when you were in the uh, original Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Uh, but wait. Oh, yeah, he's way back. He was also in Serpico, Pritzi's Honor. And, you know, here here we go. Go a little Tom Hanks on you for you. You've got, got mail. mail. Yeah. He, I showed he started in 1948. You know, died in 2004, of course. Right. They, they yeah. were old back then. Right. Um, 183 credits. He was in an episode of MASH. Oh, yeah. Most certainly. Yeah, you got to love that. All the President's Men. Heaven can wait. You know, yeah. Certainly a great career. But this is, you know, he's got a diversified career in playing his wife, Nora, is Diane Ladd. And again, here's some powerful movies. Chinatown, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, 
primary colors, uh, Charlie's War. I mean, these were pretty oh, yeah. huge titles. And now she's playing Clark Griswold's mother. <laughs> yeah, she was another one. Uh, 47 episodes of, of Chesapeake Shores. That seemed to yeah. be her biggest yeah. biggest role she ever played. But lots of TV. Yeah, a lot of, lot TV, of TV mixed in too. Now playing Ellen's parents, Art and Francis. Art is played by E.G. Marshall. And again, some great titles. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my word, 12 Angry Men. Uh, the World War II one. And we just, you know, we just... Uh, had uh, uh, you know Pearl Harbor Day, uh, December seventh. Torah, Torah, Torah. Mm. Uh, the the really the first movie about all the the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Uh, he she he's in the movie Nixon, Ironclads, and that's the uh, movie about the Monitor and the what is it the Mamaroneck the uh, the two iron ships from the Civil War. Uh, he's awesome. one of the captains in that. And he's in Superman 2 and 3. Uh, he was the president in Superman 2. Yes, yeah. he was. Was he the president again? Did he reprise yeah, that role reprised in the oh, role in 3. That's yeah. pretty big time. Yeah, I had yeah. absolute power with Clint. Yeah. 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 So. Now, playing his wife is the incomparable Doris Roberts playing oh. Francis. And she was hilarious. We know her from one role in recent years. <laughs> she is the mother on Everybody Loves Raymond, you Two, know. 210 episodes. Yeah, yeah. And she's done a lot of TV, but that was definitely a, a big Oh, big that's part of her that's what we all know her from in now, she recent died days. 2016, so. Yeah, Sad. and you know she was also in a big movie though, The Taking of Pelham 1 2 1 2 3 and also Mrs. Miracle. I mean, she mm. she had a very long career, lots of television. Lots of bit roles in movies. Really a great actress. Now, the the uninvited family. <laughs> Here we go. To the Christmas vacation. My man. The cousins, Cousin Eddie and Cousin Catherine. And Eddie is played by Randy Quaid. Uh, Randy Quaid really is the memorable guy, I think, in this movie. Oh, yeah. More, he's got the great lines. Yeah. Uh, he is really brilliant in this movie. Now, Randy Quaid has been in Independence Day. Uh, love that movie. Uh, the Last Detail. Brilliant role in Kingpin. Uh, you know, another Woody Harrelson reference there so in he, Kingpin. He he plays a lot of goofy characters, I noticed. Uh, yeah. Independence Day was goofy. Major League uh, was goofy. Caddyshack yeah. 2 very goofy. I don't know if we King can mention Caddyshack well, too. It was a that's, goofy role. That's a terrible movie. You know, but <laughs> his serious role, Days of Thunder. Well, Days of Thunder and yeah, serious. Brokeback Mountain. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah, a cutting yeah, edge one. movie, and he was serious he was in serious. that. Now, in real life, yeah, I heard he really went off the reservation for a while. Well, he's Living like up in Canada. And well, he's stuff, not allowed back in the United States. That's why he hasn't yeah, been in any movies. It's been a little weird. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of gone. Well, he's become cousin Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with a clue, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then there's Cousin Catherine, played by Miriam Flynn. Uh, you know, we know her from Babe, uh, Born to be a Star. Uh, she's in, uh, you know, Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots and lots of animated stuff. You know, she's a voice actress in a lot of animated Emperor's things. Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, Emperor's yeah. New Groove. That's right. But my favorite role for her, mm. Mr. Mom. Mm-hmm. She was this, great in that. This is true. Great movie. We should do that one. That's an old movie, boy. Oh, you don't realize so how well old done. that movie is, but she was great in that. Yeah. Now, playing their kids, Rocky 
and Ruby Sue. Rocky's played by Cody Berger, and he hasn't been in a whole lot, really not a big career. He was in Heavyweights, uh, Forever Young, and Dollman, and that's about it. I mean, there's not a lot there. Not a whole lot. And then uh, Ruby Sue, played by Ellen Lateson. Uh, now, here's a big one. She was in Fatal Attraction. She was one of the kids in Fatal Attraction. Yeah, the daughter. Uh, The Equalizer, that's another biggie, and Mr. North. But again, not not a whole lot lot there. No. Uh, You know, in in contrast to uh, to, uh, Clark and Ellen's kids, uh, Audrey and Rusty, who have been, you know, those two actors, actors, actors uh, really have taken off in their careers. These two did not. Now, playing... uh, uh, Ellen's aunt and uncle, who are also part of the Christmas celebration, Lewis and Bethany. And I love this. William Hickey, and we just had him not that long yeah. ago. Nightmare you know, Before Christmas. He was in the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> so he's got that great voice. I just love his voice. Um, but he was in the original producers back in the 60s, little Mel Brooks there, uh, The Name of the Rose, uh, A Mouse Hunt. You know, he was a classic oh, yeah. actor of the day. He really was. They, they used that voice. It was uh, Forget Paris. Oh, yeah. You know, Billy Crystal, Major Pain, My yeah. Blue Heaven, oh. Pink Cadillac. Yeah, he was in some good movies. My Blue Heaven. Uh, uh, but, again, another I one believe... died right after 1997. Yeah, that's true. You know, he... Uh, well, he was old when he did this movie. Yeah. I mean, he was not... Not right after. Man. I guess he had eight years. But... Yeah. Then May Questel plays Bethany, his wife, uh, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit. You know, it's a movie that really doesn't come up too often, which I find amazing for, you know, how big that was when it came out. Uh, She was in the original Funny Girl with Barbara Streisand, the story of Fanny Bryce. Yeah, she was interesting. Uh, She started in 1930 Mm -hmm. uh, and had... 415 credits. Oh, yeah. And, and this was her last movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she didn't die until 1997, but Christmas yeah. Vacation was her yeah. last movie. But she was the voice, the original voice of Betty Boop. Oh, wow. And in Olive Oil. Yeah. So I looked at those credits and it's like, now it makes sense. All oh, of those, those Betty cartoons. Boop and, and yeah. Popeye cartoons, that was her. The best, though, is when the house is going crazy, when they plug in the lights and, oh. and they're like, Clark, it's beautiful, and she starts singing the national anthem. That, that was when they asked her to say grace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like everybody didn't know what to do. They, they stood up do, and they, they put their up. hand over their heart. It was a beautiful moment. It really is a great moment yeah. in the movie. Uh, now, playing their neighbors, uh, Todd and Margot is... Mar- you got to say it. Margot. Margot. Todd is played by Nicholas Guest, and we've had him trading places. Uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Astro Boy, and he has been in the television show Madam Secretary, uh, something very recent. Christ Culture and Cinema's own, Big Hero 6. Oh, that's right, Big Hero yeah, 6, he too. Was in that. And then we have uh, Margot, Margot, played Margot. by Julie Louis Dreyfus, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and we know her from Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's that's face big. it, she's Elaine, but. Also, the new adventures of old Christine. Huge. Veep. Really Huge. big now. Um, now. I just saw her in the theater. You did in Black Panther. Wakanda Forever, yeah. Wakanda Forever. And yeah, she's got a role. Because she's well, got this MCU. role in MCU because she was in Black Widow, also in Falcon and the Winter Soldier on uh, Disney+. Plus. So, yeah, she's putting together this kind of later year career 
uh, that's incredibly diverse. And I have Very two. Good. I have two more. I can't. You can't. You can't do this movie without Frank Shirley and his and his wife oh, Mrs. Shirley. Yeah. This is Clark's that? boss. Frank Shirley is played by a Christ Culture and Cinema favorite, Brian Doyle uh, Murray, the brother of a favorite. Oh uh, well, no, he's a favorite <laughs> too. You know, come on, right in the coattails. Come on, he's in Caddyshack. He's the Caddy Master. Now, Brian, if I see you at Caddy, at the oh, was it Caddy Brothers? No, the oh Caddyshack Brothers. Caddyshack Brothers. Yeah, 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 yeah. the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Murray Brothers. Murray restaurant. Brothers. Thank yeah, you. Yes, down by the the golf. Sure. Now you blew our opportunity to have <laughs> Bill Murray on as a guest because you dissed his brother. I can be all on. Uh, yeah. We'll take him golfing. Are you happy, Clark? The child is deaf. There it is. You know, great. Um, he's also in Wayne's World. Come on, he's, oh, he's you know Wayne's World. I mean, he's the he's the guy that's investing. Sponsor. He's yeah. the sponsor. Come on, he's in JFK. And oh, by the way, he's in with Julie Louis Dreyfus and Veep. Veep. Yeah. There you go. And then playing Mrs. Shirley is Natalia Nogalich. And talk about some interesting things for her. She's in Hoffa. Uh, the television show Two Broke Girls, television show Star Trek Next Generation, uh, one that I know is very popular with many, the uh, reboot of Full House, Fuller House, Fuller House yeah. and she was in Glee. Yeah, good good, uh, good TV show, Shameless. Yeah. Uh, she's definitely done some, some serious TV. So you look at this cast and what you what you see and as we have kind of talked about them today is as we've paired them together, you have... Clark and Ellen with their kids, Audrey and Rusty. You have the in-laws, Clark Sr. and Nora, Art and Francis. You have cousins. You have, you know, Eddie and Catherine and their kids, Rocky, Ruby, Snoo- Sue, and let's not forget the dog, Snots. You Snots. can't forget Snots. Snots. Uh, then you have, really, the kids' great aunt and uncle, Louis and Bethany. This is a family gathering movie it's christmas it's christmas and as everybody is coming together in this movie our lead character clark is on a mission and his mission is to provide the family with what he believes to be the idyllic christmas the christmas definitely not a mission from god this is his own personal mission this is a for him a a move a drive to provide the perfect Christmas. And let's think about this for a moment. You know, as, as we all know the movie and the zaniness that goes on. Clark can't just decorate his house. Clark has to over-decorate his house. <laughs> and he does. Clark, Clark needs to put so many lights on his house that you can see it from the space shuttle. Right? I mean, it's just that kind of... It's unbelievable. It's huge. It's insane. Clark can't just have a Christmas tree. He's got to take the family out to the tree farm. they got to cut the tree down. It's got to be the biggest tree. It doesn't even fit into the house, you know? Uh, He doesn't just want a meal. It has to be the meal with every possible conceivable thing in the meal. Uh, He can't just have some of the family over. He has to have all of the family over, except, of course, for Cousin Eddie and Cousin Catherine, who happen to show up in the RV and then park it out in the street in front of the house. This is all to say that Clark, in his quest, and maybe that's the right word, 
quest. His yeah. quest to provide his family with what he believes to be the absolute perfect Christmas is a recipe for disaster. No question. It's just a recipe which for failure. If you've watched any of the vacation movies, the yeah. movies are built around Clark's bumbling, fumbling self, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether it was trying to take his family to Wally World mm -hmm. or on a European vacation or to Vegas, this one stays home. Right. And is all the quest to have that great Christmas, which yeah. don't we all feel some pressure to do that? I think we do. Yeah. You know, I really do. Uh, you know, last evening we had our little Advent service, and I, I talked about being weary, being mm. tired. Uh, and, and I do believe we get caught up in the whirlwind of this thing called Christmas. And and I want to peel that away a little bit from what I would call the the, the Christian celebration, but rather what we call secular uh, Christmas. And, and what does it mean to really celebrate Christmas? Uh, you know, we alluded to earlier, you know, when I got back, uh, when I was out in Arizona visiting my daughter and son-in-law, you know, we set up all their Christmas decorations. We did that on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, because they wanted to get the lights on the house. They wanted to get the Christmas tree up. And, you know, then we came home and, you know, we unpack, you know, a time zone change, all that kind of business. And then the next day, we set up after Thanksgiving. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Well, we, we got it done because we looked at our calendar and said, when else are we going to get this done? So we yeah. got everything set up. Why? There's this expectation, you know, got to have the tree, got to have our little Christmas village up, got to do the outdoor decorations, all that kind of stuff. Busy, busy, busy. Um, All the time. You know, and, and I think in some respects, we're, we're kind of guilty of doing this in the church, too. Uh, oh, no question. Know, we got to have our Advent services. We got to have a special Advent devotional book. We got to have, you know, maybe the kids doing a Christmas musical or a Christmas play. I mean, we've just gone through that here at the school with the pre-K and the kindergartners doing their Christmas presentation and then the elementary school did their pre presentation and then like what is it monday night the middle school is doing their christmas presentation yeah. and right now our conference room is overtaken by the holiday shop and it's just Book on fair, and yeah, on all and the fun on stuff. all this stuff it gets piled on just just think about what you and i went through trying to pull back on new year's eve I mean, it was a sing-along communion. It was a nice little service for yeah. about, what, 30 yeah. people. Yeah, it not caused even. our, you know, our organist always had to be here. We and had to be stress here. because it's, it you know, the organ. It was just more stress. Uh, it was just, yeah. You know? and, and, and it hurt us. Yeah. I mean, it was hard just to, yeah. you know, oh, my gosh, we're killing tradition. That's what we've done. But right. it was killing us. Yeah. It, and that's and that's what happens. You know, I, I laughed and I said this last night, uh, you know, yeah, my wife loves pentatonics. Oh, we're, you caught it for that. Man, I'm never going to dig out of that hole, you know. <laughs> but we're going next Wednesday. Why? Because it's their Christmas concert. I know you're going to the theater to see uh, Elf, Elf the Musical. Elf the Musical next because, the Sunday night. Because yeah. it's Christmas and you got to go and do go. this now. And, you know, you have these things like tree lighting. I know my son and his... Uh, his girlfriend, she works in Rockefeller Center in New York City, and he's a dutiful young man. He goes over to walk her home after work, and he can't get near Rockefeller Center 
because it was tree lighting night and oh, it was boy. it was chaos and all of this to say we are like clark griswold because all of that has a lot to do with the birth of christ right well, you know, it's really it's really funny and all. And and I'd be remiss if I didn't say this because it's probably one of those lasting things that was once said at a meeting that will always stick with me. And we wanted to do something different one year here, uh, where where Michael and I serve, and it was with regards to uh, uh, Advent, and we were doing this thing called Night in Bethlehem, and it was really for the families, the young families. There was Leva was a, a brainchild of our. Little former principal uh, the, she, she had a great yes idea. the empress of education it was a great yeah. idea we brought all the families together we had dinner and then there was a craft and there was meet mary and joseph and there was uh, all sorts of activities and we wanted to do it in lieu of just the traditional advent service just make that the advent night and i'll never forget when one of our elders looked at us and said i want my advent service and i'll never forget those words my advent service and that at that moment, I realized it was more about traditions and busyness than it really was about devotion. Really more than about what's lying in the bed of straw in the manger of Bethlehem. And, and I remember thinking how easy it would have been to think, wow, it's so important to him. That's awesome. Right. But what is the main purpose we're here? Sharing Christ with yeah. people. He, he's going to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's share Jesus with some new people. You know, it, it makes so hard. It makes me really think. And, you know, let's think about Clark. You know, the, the outdoor decorations kind of blow up. The Christmas tree burns down. Uh, the neighbors, he, he drives the neighbors crazy. I, I, sometimes I feel like Todd and Margot uh, <laughs> because it's just Amy and myself and our, our, little, our, our little dog and... You know, we got neighbors with kids and all that, and you you kind of get stuck in your own little world. But in the midst of our overcomplication of Christmas, in the midst of our layering in of busyness, do we ever stop and realize how simple the Christmas story really is? Do we ever stop and realize that even the Bible doesn't overcomplicate it? You know, the birth of Jesus is only recorded in two places in the New Test in the uh, Gospels in the New Testament. And I love the Matthew uh, account. You know, there it reads in chapter 1, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall give him the name Jesus, for he shall save people <coughs> from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but he knew her not until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. That's it. That's it. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. No it's fireworks. Not, it's not complicated, you know. And We complicate it. Well, we do. And then, you know, the, the one that we're more familiar with accounting is in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. And, you know, I won't go through the beginning of it, but look at how simple this one is, Michael. It said, um, 
Picking up in verse 4, Now Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn a son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them at the inn. That's it. Now... We go a little further, and, you know, there were shepherds in the region oh. in their fields at night and keeping watch, and, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Okay, so we got some angels in this one, got some shepherds showing up. That makes it a little bigger. It's a simple story, isn't it? It is. And there's given to simple people, you know, simple story, the simple people, not overcomplicated, you know, no major productions, no song and dances, no, you know, Clark Griswold decorations on a house or well, the angels kind of close. Yeah, they they were <laughs> they weren't plugged in. Let's put it that I way. Gotcha. Right. You know, and don't we do that with Christmas? I think we can look at Clark Griswold and we could take heed of where he gets himself in trouble. Yeah. It's not our duty or our responsibility to provide the perfect Christmas. God's already done that. That's what Christmas is really all about. You know, in a very similar way, and I've never really thought about this, but one of my favorite Christmas specials as a kid growing up and you can still catch it today is a charlie brown christmas and and if you watch the charlie brown christmas charlie brown is kind of the antithesis to clark griswold whereas clark is bought into everything the secular tells him to do for christmas charlie brown keeps questioning it mm-hmm. he's questioning the over commercialization of the whole thing to the point, so well done. Oh, and to the point when he goes, even my dog, <laughs> even my dog, when Snoopy's decorating his doghouse, right? Yeah. And it's only when everything utterly fails and Charlie Brown picks up the sad little tree that Linus bought. And he goes, it, it's not such a bad little tree, you know? And he puts it down. He puts an ornament on. It bends over. Bends over I, yeah. I killed it. I just love that line. I killed it. Uh, but it's Linus who comes and he wraps his towel around. He goes, it never was such a bad little tree. And, you know, and Charlie Brown cries out, can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? And it's Linus who reads, uh, really just recites to him, 
Luke chapter 2. It's a beautiful moment there. It's simple. It's not overcomplicated. And National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation demonstrates for us what happens when we overcomplicate the simple. It really and truly does. I think it's a pretty good place for us to leave off on this zany, crazy, fun Christmas uh, movie. I will say this. There are some people now who have decorated their house a la as if the Griswolds, uh, as if Eddie were there. Did you see the guy who bought an old RV? He parks it out in front of his church. Oh, my goodness. And he um, he has a mannequin in a bathrobe with a hose pumping into the sewer. Not surprised. Uh, and then he has uh, one, you know, when Clark falls off the house and he's holding on for dear life, they have a mannequin hanging hey, on to the deal. It, it's really good. I mean, to me, this is kind so, of Americana Christmas tradition now. It, it would be easy to talk another half hour about all the slapstick and the scenes and reciting yeah. the favorites, but it really comes down to, let's keep this one simple. Yeah. Let's look at what has happened, what Clark did, what we're doing, and keep the message at Christmas simple. Let's point to Went to the Lord. Yeah, well, I want to end with this, though. Let's have a little fun, because this All does right. have some great lines. It does. What is, uh, what's, what's one of your favorite lines from A Christmas Vacation? Oh, that's, I, I, I can't really say it, because it's the uh, line where he's greeting all the bosses. Yeah. You know, and just by the end is is talking about kissing their butt, kissing your butt. Yeah, happy Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a hilarious scene. I I still like when he when he's waiting for the Christmas bonus because he's putting in the Christmas. You know, he's going to put in the swimming pool, and oh, he's yeah. basically mortgaged himself on this one. And instead, he opens it up, and it's to the Jelly of the Month Club. And Eddie goes, ah, the gift that keeps He's on giving. giving. <laughs> oh, yeah, he loves it. He thinks it's great. Oh, my and, and right after that, he goes on that rant yeah. about wanting somebody to bring oh. his boss. With a bow on yeah. his head. Challenge accepted. And, Cousin and Eddie gets it. Cousin Eddie brings him to the house. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that is brilliant. And then, of course... Brian Mo- Brian Doyle Murray is brilliant in that moment because the police are there. His wife gets there. You know, Mrs. D- Mrs. Shirley shows up. And I love what she goes, you didn't. I told you not to do the Jelly of the Month Club. Oh, my gosh. So great. What What is, by the way, let's, let's – uh, I think this is a lot of fun today. We can have a little fun with this as we take this really – as we've taken it down a road of spiritual simplicity, there is a lot of laughter in this movie. Lots. So what is the what is uh, maybe one of the weirdest Christmas gifts you ever received? Oh, my goodness. Weirdest Christmas gifts I've ever received. I, I've gotten some interesting ones as teacher uh-huh. before. I don't, I don't know. I, do I dare say? Um... I'm I'm not gonna say. <laughs> really? Well, it's one of those. I hate to offend anybody because I I hope their 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 heart is always in the right place. But but sometimes you get one. You're like, what did I do mm-hmm. to make them think this is what I wanted? Yeah. Or 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 you get to that point like, who in your family was supposed to get this, and you mixed up the tags, but you're uh-huh. too embarrassed to say. Yeah. So, well. Well. Let's let's. Oh, how about you? Well, let's hear it for uh, Julia Louis Louis Dreyfus here from the old Seinfeld show, where they gave the American uh, lexicon of 
of words regifting. <laughs> yes, that's true. And uh, that's true. That that's probably what it was. I want too, you to yeah. consider some of the weirdest things you'll ever get are things that clearly, clearly have been regifted. And uh, let's just say there's been a couple of years along the way where I got something that had absolutely nothing to do with me whatsoever, but was clearly a re-gift. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that. How's that? Let's do that. So uh, let's, That's let's, safe. Yeah, let's good call. save. That's I like safe. it. Let's, let's end with a good question for today. And here's your question. As you look at uh, your Christmas celebration, where's the clutter? <laughs> Where have you thrown things in that honestly doesn't need to be there. How can you simplify your Christmas celebration to focus on what Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 so wonderfully, so beautifully, and so simply states that Jesus was born? How will you allow your Christmas to be there this year? Now, if you're enjoying our little podcast, consider leaving a rating and or a review you know it helps other people find us and hey these days a lot of people are finding us we're really excited about that and uh, sure. a lot of people who love movies as much as we do and here's a great stocking stuffer this year you can get yourself a copy of christ culture and cinema how faith and films intersect uh, i believe it's 15 dollars and 99 cents on amazon with free shipping how can you beat that uh, and that supports our little enterprise as well. Now, next time, next time is that time of our Advent celebration where we pause and we choose a movie that has the backdrop of Christmas. But the overarching question is, is, is it, it a, a Christmas, Christmas movie? movie? Now, our first, our first go around with this, we did, what movie did we do? Die Hard. We did Die Hard. And what was our conclusion, Michael? It is. It is Thumbs a up. Christmas movie. Although I did see a thing recently with Bruce Willis who said it's not a Christmas movie. It's a Bruce Willis movie. Well, same thing. Then, Mr. Bruce Willis, you are Christmas. Uh, exactly. what, what did we do the second year, Michael? Oh, now you're making me think again. We just talked about it at the 100th episode. Yes, um, we did. Christmas movie. What did we do? It was the uh, movie with Danny Glover and... Oh, uh, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was we, definitely a Christmas movie. We asked movie. the question, is Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie? And what was our conclusion on that yep. one, Michael? So, two movies, two yeses. This year, we're going to go into the Wayback Machine. We're going to go take a look at a DC comic movie. This was the first kind of reboot of the Batman Enterprise um, where we had a different, uh, you know, we had a really uh, odd pick for Batman that turned out to be really a brilliant pick. Turned out good. Turned out really well. We're going to take a look at the movie Batman Returns, and we're going to ask the question and answer is Batman Returns a Christmas movie? Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>